0: This Christmas edition is brought to you by Selby Studios. Graphic imaging for family, home, business, and, of course, for the holidays. Hi, I'm Jeff Gould, and A Prairie Christmas is one of the things I do at I like that story.net I thought, since it's December, since we're in the holiday season, I'd play uh, some of my stories that I use for my radio programming, and I thought I'd show those, if you're watching this on YouTube, in front of a fireplace, and if you're not, well, you can just listen along and pretend. William Sidney Porter was a wordsmith and a pretty good one. His gift was the short story and his medium was the daily papers and magazines in and around New York City at the beginning of last century. The stories were always good, and a few were far better than that. The style of his writing is different from today, so I've made some edits to fit the spoken story, but I cannot match its timeless Christmas message. The pen name Porter used was O. Henry. His story is the gift of the Magi. One dollar and eighty-seven cents, that was all, and sixty cents of it was in pennies. Three times Della counted it, one dollar and eighty-seven cents, and the next day would be Christmas. There was clearly nothing to do but flop down on the shabby little couch and howl, so Della did it. While the mistress of the home is crying, let us take a look around. It is a furnished flat at eight dollars per week. The less said about the dingy furnishings, the better. In the vestibule below was a letter box with the name mister James Dillingham Young in bronze. The bronze plate had been flung to the breeze during a former period of prosperity when its possessor was being paid thirty dollars per week. But whenever Mr. James Dillingham Young came home and reached his flat above, he was called Jim. And even though the income had fallen to $20 a week, he was still greatly hugged by Mrs. Young, already introduced to you as Della, and that is good. Della finished her cry and looked out dully at a gray cat walking a gray fence in a gray backyard. Tomorrow would be Christmas Day Only a dollar and eighty-seven cents to buy a present for Jim, her Jim. Suddenly she whirled from the window and stood before the small cheap mirror, her eyes shining brilliantly, her face pale. Rapidly she pulled her hair down and let it fall to its full length. Now there were two possessions of the James Dillingham Youngs in which they both took a mighty pride. One was Jim's gold watch that had been his father's and his grandfather's. The other was Della's hair. Neither the Queen of Sheba nor King Solomon himself could offer jewels finer than those two possessions. So now Della's beautiful hair fell about her, rippling and shining like a cascade of brown waters. She faltered for a minute, while a tear or two splashed on the worn red carpet. On went her old brown coat, on went her old brown hat, with a whirl of skirts and with a brilliant sparkle still in her eyes, she fluttered out the door and down the street. Where she stopped, the sign said, Madame Saufreny, hair goods of all kinds. Up the stairs, Della ran and collected herself, panting. Madame, large, white, chilly, hardly looked like the Sophrenie. Will you buy my hair? asked Della. I buy hair, said Madame. Take your hat off. Down rippled the brown cascade. Madame lifted the mass with a practiced hand. Twenty dollars. "'Give it to me quick,' said Della. Oh, and the next two hours flew by as she ransacked the stores for Jim's present. She found it at last. It surely had been made for Jim and no one else. There was nothing else like it. It was a platinum fob chain, simple and chaste in design, solid and prosperous. It was even worthy of the watch.' As soon as she saw it, she knew it must be Jim's. Twenty-one dollars they took from her for it, and she hurried home with the eighty-seven cents. When Della reached home, she got out her curling irons and set about repairing the ravages made by generosity added to love. Within 40 minutes, her head was covered with tiny, close-lying curls that made her look like a truant schoolboy. She looked at her reflection in the mirror say I look like a Coney Island chorus girl. But what could I do with only a dollar and eighty-seven cents? At seven o'clock, the coffee was made and the frying pan was in the back of the stove, hot and ready to cook the chops. Jim was never late. Della doubled the fob chain in her hand and sat in the corner of the table near the door he always entered. Then she heard his step and she whispered, Please, God, make him think I'm still pretty. The door opened and Jim stepped in and closed it, thin, very serious, only 22 years old. He needed a new overcoat, and he was without gloves. Jim stepped inside the door, immovable. His eyes were fixed upon Della, and there was an expression in them that she could not read. It was not anger, or surprise, or disapproval, or horror or any of the sentiments she had been prepared for, he simply stared at her with a peculiar expression on his face. Jim, darling, don't look at me that way. I sold my hair because I couldn't have lived through Christmas without giving you a present. It'll grow out again. You won't mind, Jim, will you? I just had to do it. My hair grows awfully fast. "'Say Merry Christmas, Jim, and let's be happy.' "'You've cut off your hair?' asked Jim laboriously. "'Cut it off and sold it,' said Della. "'Don't you like me just as well? I'm still me without my hair, ain't I?' "'Jim looked about the room curiously. "'You say your hair is gone?' he said with almost an air of idiocy. It's sold, I tell you, sold and gone. Well, maybe the hairs on my head were numbered, she said, with a sudden serious sweetness, but nobody could ever count my love for you. Out of his trance, Jim seemed to wake. He unfolded his Della in a long embrace, then drew a package from his overcoat and threw it upon the table. Don't make any mistake, Dell," he said. I don't think there's anything that could make me love my girl any less. But if you'll unwrap that package, you, you may see why you had me going for a while at first. Della tore the string and paper, then a squeal of joy, and then, alas, hysterical tears and wails. For there lay the combs, the set of combs, side and back, that Della had worshipped long in a Broadway window. Beautiful combs, pure tortoiseshell, with jeweled rims, just the shade to shade the wear in the beautiful vanished hair. They were expensive combs, she knew, and her heart had simply craved and yearned over them without the least hope of possession, and now they were hers. But the hair that should have worn the coveted combs was gone. At length, she was able to look up with dim eyes and a smile and say, My hair grows so fast, Jim. Then she remembered. <laughs> well, Jim had not seen his beautiful present. She held it out to him eagerly upon her open palm. Isn't it a dandy, Jim? I hunted all over town to find it. You'll have to look at the time a hundred times a day now. Give me your watch. I want to see how it looks on it. Instead of obeying, Jim tumbled down on the couch put his hands under the back of his head and smiled "Dell," he said hmm. let's put our Christmas presents away and keep them for a while they're too nice to use just now Pfft. you see you see I sold the watch to get the money to buy your combs suppose we cook some chops for a Christmas supper The magi, as you know, were wise men, wonderfully wise men, who brought gifts to the babe in the manger. They invented the art of giving Christmas presents. Being wise, their gifts were no doubt wise ones. And here I've lamely related to you the uneventful chronicle of two foolish children in a flat who most unwisely sacrificed for each other the greatest treasures of their house. But in a last word to the wise of these days, let it be said that of all who give gifts, these two were the wisest. They are the Magi. Well that's our story for today. Thank you for listening. If you would care to comment, share, or pass this on in any way, I would appreciate it. If you're interested in buying some of the stories, I do have them available on CD or download through my website, which is I like that story.net, or a subsite within that, a com. Books for sale, CDs, music, you name it, and of course, your comments and questions. Thanks for reaching out to me, and until next time, God bless. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.